is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm Father Stephen Roth, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. This past Saturday, Archbishop Lurie ordained nine new transitional deacons. Transitional in that, God willing, next year, they will be ordained priests. With us today is Mary Ellen Belinke, mother of one of the newly ordained deacons. Welcome to the show, Mary Ellen. Thank you so much for having me. So Mary Ellen, I realize that our listeners aren't able to see you, but you're definitely smiling ear to ear. Tell me, what was your experience of seeing your son ordained as a deacon? Well, it was really just an amazing weekend. I, John was very diligent about sending all of us in our family the mass and what would happen, and we had read through it, but to be there and experience it was it's just beyond what I imagined in my heart. I think my favorite moment early on, I was not aware that as the men processed down with all of our priests and deacons and seminarians in the diocese, and then we had our candidates for the diaconate, and then they, they came into the pew with us, and I didn't know that was going to happen. And um, just to sit with John, Tony, and I for those few moments before the Archbishop called his name for him to stand up and be present. It was just an incredible parent moment, um, just to hold his hand and send him off with the Holy Spirit. I felt like we were gifting our son at that moment, and it was quite unexpected, quite lovely, quite emotional. So that was the beginning of the morning. <laughs> uh, we were very, very blessed to have about 40 family members there with us, as well as so many friends. I can't even begin to say what that meant to us. And I think just to watch the men go through each part of the service and know that each time they went over to the archbishop, it drew them closer to that yes that they were saying on that day that your life is mine. It was really, really beautiful. Well, from where I was sitting, I could tell that you were watching every moment of the ordination. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite part? So I think two are equal. I think as the archbishop lays his hands and invokes the Holy Spirit. It's, it's just an inspiring moment to know that, you know, God is so present in our lives, but in that moment, particularly for the men and, and for, for John, that he is coming into his life and to his heart and he will be with him. And then to watch them lay before the altar and that litany is just so beautiful. So many people who have gone before us, that litany of saints that 
will help them to continue to be the men that they aspire to be. Those were my favorites. As you mentioned earlier, the ordination rite definitely brings about a lot of emotions and, and feelings. And maybe this is too personal of a question to ask, but when you saw John after he was ordained, uh, after the ceremony was over, what did you say to him? Oh, my goodness. Well, I told him that I loved him and I was just excited for the life that was coming to him. And I told him he looked different. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not making that up. I just feel like in the days, even since then, when we've been with him, his spirit is just full of the Lord as it always has been, but he's just different. You know, he, you, you can see that he's um, just so ready to serve. And that was a great moment as he walked by us. This was really fun. <laughs> um, I said, you did it. And, and this was in the processional, so probably not very holy, but I said, you, you did it. And he just was like, praise Jesus. It was so great. It was just so John. And um, I just love watching how he just makes all of us feel that joy in, in the Lord. So it was great moments. I, I, I think throughout the entire uh, rest of that day, just to watch him um, was just good for all of us, uh, that we all could feel that joy that he has. It's, it's pretty special. It's interesting, Marianne, that you use the word different. I think for all of us who are ordained, we definitely feel different after the ordination. But if you don't mind me asking, how about for yourself um, as a, a mother of a deacon and God willing, a mother of a priest next year, um, do you feel any different? Has it impacted your own spirituality? It really has. I have shared with John over all these years, uh, but particularly in this pastoral year leading up to the ordination this past weekend, that as a mom, I felt like I was still his mom, like in that general sense at the beginning of this year, but I learned through this year emotionally in my heart that he he's our son, but he really now belongs through the people of God. And that is a different way to let your son go. You're really giving him to the people and you, you feel that. And I know I have felt that and had many mom tear moments <laughs> over it. Um, but in the, throughout the ordination, it's just over and over again in my mind, I was like, yeah, he's really yours, God. You know, here he is, you know, take him and, do whatever your will is and I'm there for wherever that's going to take him. And he just has helped us. I know for me grow so much deeper and closer to God, like just through the lens, watching him and learning from him. I really feel my faith has been so deepened by his journey. That's great. That is really remarkable. And I think that just having known you throughout John's formation, it's, um, it's been wonderful to see how you've been a strong support, uh, I think, as your spirituality has, has grown and developed as well. Um, mm -hmm. I know that your family, um, your parishioners at St. Alphonsus in Woodstock, how would you say John's ordination has impacted your, your parish community? Oh, my goodness. They are they're so excited to actually know someone on this journey. Uh, we haven't had that opportunity in our parish. And... 
just to have walked these years with him. And I'm pretty good about keeping everybody informed about where he is and what he's doing. And when he would be home, he would make a special trip to come out and make sure he said hello to people. And he would write a little uh, blog in our uh, parish newsletter a couple times of the year. And I just think that we have been fortunate to look at vocations on a, on a deeper level in our, in our parish because we have someone. And that's a, that's a great thing because sometimes the vocations aren't really talked about a lot. Um, and it's fine to think of, you know, marriage, uh, but to look at that single life and consecrated life and the priesthood, all of that is just a part of all the vocations. And I don't think parishes talk about it enough. So that's been nice to lift that up in our community. And they are indeed very proud of Deacon John Belenke, let me tell you. <laughs> that has a nice ring to it, doesn't it, Deacon John Belenke? It does. It does. Yes. Now, speaking of Deacon John, how about for a second, take your mom hat off or your mom bias. How was Deacon John's first homily? It was very good. It was uh, very personable. Um, I think the fun thing that John has is his ability to uh, speak to the people, to their hearts. And so he had so much to say. Um, <laughs> no surprise there. Um, but he really, uh, I think, touched the people. And afterwards, my goodness, downstairs, so many people came up to him and still have even emailed me just he was so on point and, and he really was. Um, I, I told him don't make it any longer. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he'll, he'll work on that, I'm sure. But um, he really spoke to us and, and God has messaged through to us in, in a way that that really touched so many people in, in our church. And I, I think that is, that's an important thing about um, homilies. So I do think he nailed it. Yeah. Let's well, fair. Compliment plus a uh, comment to keep it short. Uh, yes. Like my mom. She always <laughs> tells me could shave a minute or two off of that homily. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Mary Ellen, it's been great to have this conversation. We're going to take a little break now, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mary Ellen. But now we'll, what we'll do is we're going to take a look at the years leading up to ordination. I'm Father Stephen Roth, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Archbishop William E. Laurie will celebrate a special 11 a.m. Mass at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Homeland for the closing of the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Year of the Eucharist, June 19th, the Feast of Corpus Christi. 
The June 19th Mass will be followed by an outdoor Eucharistic procession around the campus of the cathedral. Afterward, there will be special treats, including a Kona ice truck. The closing of the Archdiocesan Year of the Eucharist comes on the same day the U.S. bishops will launch a three-year National Eucharistic Revival. The first year will get underway at the parish and diocesan levels with initiatives such as Eucharistic adoration and processions. The following year, there will be regional revival events leading to the Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in 2024. The U.S. bishops approved plans for the revival and the Congress last November during their fall General Assembly in Baltimore. Archbishop Lori described the National Eucharistic Revival as an effort inspired by the Holy Spirit in which Catholics around the United States in every diocese and parish will bear witness to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the Most Holy Sacrament of the Altar. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm Father Stephen Roth, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Today we're talking with Mary Ellen Belinke, mother of now Deacon John Belinke, who was recently ordained by the Archbishop. Mary Ellen, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Mary Ellen, in our last segment, it was, it was great to have a conversation with you, and you gave such wonderful insights for our listeners in what was the experience like to see your son ordained as a deacon, and we, we spoke a little bit about the ordination rite itself. Um, but the ordination is toward the end of formation, not that formation ever ends, um, but it's a pretty lengthy process just to get to this point. Um, if you don't mind, let's go back. When do you remember the first time that maybe you suspected it or maybe John brought it to your attention that he was even considering this question of maybe the Lord is calling me to discern priesthood? Yeah, so I could see his heart was called to serving probably in his last year of high school, but certainly in his first year of college when he switched his major from a teaching line to philosophy and theology, we were like, okay. (laughs) And um, as a parent, I think that it's important to not have a whole lot of opinion, just to be a listener and and a supporter. Um, Tony and I did seek out the vocation director just to talk to him at that time. We had a lovely dinner and uh, shared some of our um, anxieties, maybe, if you will, about um, someone entering seminary, quote, so young, unquote. (laughs) That's kind of where our minds were at the time. How could a man possibly know that this was a call from God? Maybe he should have college and then go to work for a while and make sure he doesn't like the real world. And, and we had all of these thoughts and, and that, um, that priest really helped us to understand discernment. And I think if I've given any advice to other moms along this journey, it's that word discernment. There is no dotted line that you sign when you go into seminary. You're just really 
trying to understand God's call. And so we saw that through his years in college. And it's not to say he wasn't social and didn't date. Um, a, a friend of his told me once that his lunch table was primarily more women than, than the guys, because he's just so fun to be around. But um, by his end of junior year, senior year, we could see that his heart was really being called. And, you know, that's a big decision. It, it's the same as making a decision to me as getting engaged. You know, that's it's a huge decision to take that next step. And he was very ready for that. And we just said, okay. And so we watched him go through that process of uh, letters and interviews and then finally being accepted into seminary and they began his journey over at St. Mary's Roland Park. So it was, it's a process. And I think the things he was involved in, in, in college, just um, campus ministry and being an RA and really being there for people and serving them in different ways. Um, it helped to, I believe, open his heart and his prayer life deepened through the four years of college. I could see it. Um, if you are ever in a prayer time with him, uh, I said to him once, you know, I wish I could have that depth that you have in your prayer life. And he gently reminds me that it's not a competition, that <laughs> we're all on our own journey praying together. And so I think that's really where his he's little step by step. He, he, he's a real definition of the word discernment, I think, because he, you know, took his time and every step of these years has always been a little overwhelming. And then, you know, then he gets a hold of it and, and that's how it should be because it's so serious. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing to be taken lightly. Um, and he is, despite that silliness and craziness, he's a very deep, uh, serious young man. So he takes his time when he makes his decisions. Absolutely. No, I think you're 100% correct. Uh, I'm glad that you used the word discernment, because I think so often people think that the decision to enter seminary is the decision to enter priesthood. And that's devastating, not only for the individual person, but sometimes it's hard for the family, too, because it's such a, a drastic shift. Um, Mary Ellen, you'd mentioned that you had some apprehension when John first mentioned the thought of entering seminary. Do you remember at what point where you finally felt at peace that John was at a place in formation that you felt happy that he was moving in this direction? Yeah, I think after he had, was accepted in, into seminary, just that having that lifted off his shoulders that he made it <laughs> and um, just watching him prepare for that was um, affirmation for, for us. Like we just knew he was following his heart and, um, you know, we just wanted him to know that, and we were pretty open with, you know, oh, you should maybe work after college. We, we told him all of that. And, um, but by the time he got to the dropping him off at St. Mary's that day, we just were so filled with his joy that we really never looked backwards. Um, you know, the following year, he was asked to continue his studies in Rome and I think, I think for him, that was like, what? And then so for us, I feel like our role was to 
continue to support him and help him to understand that, you know, where God calls you, you go in this particular discernment process, you know, you're, you're learning how to say yes. And so if that is something that they are asking you to do, then I think you learn to say yes. And that's been fun to watch that growth in him um, along each one of those steps. So yeah, by the time he really got into his first year, he really loved everything that he was doing. Yeah. Well, for John, I think the next question is a little bit more complicated than most guys, but would you say that you and your family remained close to John in formation? And I say it's more complicated because you had the Atlantic Ocean that separated you, where for the guys that are staying local, it's a little bit easier. Can you just tell us how, what was your relationship with John throughout formation? Yeah, so we uh, Zoomed or just had a phone call, depending on the connection, pretty much every Sunday evening uh, before his evening prayer. Only if he was pretty busy did we not do that. I, I felt strongly that being an ocean away and, um, you know, coming from close family that that was important. Uh, maybe some parents would look at it differently or maybe men that are older, you know, make a life change when they're 40, that might be different. But um, just keeping keeping him up to date on everything that was happening over here um, and just asking him what he had been doing that week and different parts. We, we just really wanted to know. We wanted to be a part of his journey over there. And so that was a real blessing that, thank goodness for the internet, that that can happen. And um, we did go visit him um, his second Christmas over there and got to see Rome through his lens. Um, and that was really lovely as well, just to watch his excitement and how he weaved in and out of the alleys and knew the city and spoke Italian. And it was a wonderful, um, you know, thing for us to see him just living his, his life as a seminarian over there. And uh, we, it just assured us all was good uh, as parents uh, because you're, you're right. We don't get to see that day to day or, you know, once a month or whatever, as you would, if your son was here. Uh, so that, that was really great. Great. Well, thanks, Mary Ellen. And your insights are, are so helpful because I think it's one thing for me to speak or other priests, but to hear from the mother of a, a seminarian and now transitional deacon uh, certainly carries a very different weight. Um, my only controversial question for our conversation, uh, the elephant in the room is, uh, I think sometimes I hear from parents that, you know, they're very well aware of, for instance, the, the McCarrick scandal or, or other stories. Did you feel that your son was, was safe and in a healthy environment uh, throughout formation? I did. And he was very good about keeping us informed of things that were going to come out uh, because I guess he, the seminarians are told, oh, all right, this is going to happen this week. And he would let us know that, you know, mom, you're going to hear something, but I'm fine. And he, he felt very, has always felt very safe along his, his journey. And I think that you do a great job of keeping that in the forefront because we cannot ignore what has happened, but these men that are coming forward are, are going to help to get rid of that stigma that is on our 
priestly vocations right now, um, just by talking about it. So, um, yeah, I think just keeping everyone informed, keeping parents informed, talking about it, that, that is the most important thing. And for us, we have never felt that John was in an unsafe environment. And I think he would tell us that if he was. Great. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing on a very difficult topic. Um, I think we only have time for one more question. Any uh, advice that you would give to parents that are listening that may have a son that's discerning? I think just be open to his call to pray together when you have the opportunity to let them have their ups and downs. And, you know, we all have ups and downs, uh, whether what, no matter what vocation you're in. So let them verbalize their anxieties or their, their doubts, but just remind them that, you know, they're answering a call to God just like Mary did, you know, the blessed mother really is my foundation. I think of her fiat and I'm like, okay, I can say yes too. And so just truly being there for them, not trying to sway them, not trying to make an opinion, just being present as the person that at the end of the day, no matter where they wind up in their life, you're always going to be there for them. They wouldn't be a disappointment if they decided to come out. And they won't be a disappointment if they decide to go into an order versus staying, you know, along this track. Like whatever they do, the decision will be right as long as they're following God's call. I think that's perfect advice. Mary Ellen, thanks so much for having this conversation with me today. Um, I really appreciate it. Our guest today, again, has been Mary Ellen Belenke, a parishioner at St. Alphonsus Woodstock, and now uh, the mother of one of our newly ordained deacons, John Belenke. If you're interested in more information, please reach out to me at bemorevocations.org. Again, bemorevocations.org. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm Father Stephen Roth. Thanks for listening. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.